Uh, good morning, Springbrook. So good to see you. We have our, pian- our, <laughs> we have our picnic uh, this afternoon, and I hope you all can make it, as Rich was talking about. I want to ask you a question. What was life like before you had GPS on your phone? I remember as a kid sitting in the back seat, my huge U.S. atlas, you know, watching us go through each other. Anybody have an atlas anymore? Okay, very good. Or I had this huge Chicago map. I mean, probably as tall as I am. and just kept looking for the place where I wanted to go. GPS is really, really nice. Uh, and it's really made a fundamental change with men. They now actually take directions from a woman's voice. It's just amazing. And the wife is, hey, hey, what's he doing? Why didn't you listen to me? Well, you're not an expert. Well, the GPS is not an expert all the time either. They got the wrong location, and the GPS uh, became confused. So, uh, I heard this story about a man over in Switzerland, Bergen, Switzerland. And he was following his GPS, going up to this mountain. And so he took a right turn, left turn, whatever she said, he did. And finally she said, you have to turn around. Well, by that time, he was here. And he couldn't turn around. Now, (laughs) the fire brigade said he must have missed the the footpath signs. He's going up a glorified goat track uh, here. In fact, it was so bad, that helicopter had to come and pull him out. I'm sure that was covered by insurance. What do you think? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, well, friends, we all have a GPS system in our, in our spiritual lives as well. God gives us the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit speaks to us. But we can get lost spiritually, can't we? We can get off track. We can stall out spiritually. In fact, the Bible talks about the, the, uh, the idea that physically growing is similar to spiritual growth. Paul wrote to the people in Corinth, brothers, do not be children in your thinking. Be infants in evil, but in your thinking be mature. Now, four different times he talks about this in the New Testament. The idea of infants and adults. The original word for children in the Greek language is nileos. Uh, and then the word for mature is teleos. So what does it say? Brothers, do not be children in your thinking. Right? Even though you're adults, you're not spiritual adults. So start thinking God's way. And be infants in evil. You don't want to be growing in evil, right? I've got to have more evil in my life. No, you have nothing to do with evil. Uh, So you're a spiritual infant, but you have the opportunity and the joy to grow. But in your thinking, be mature. Be mature. So Romans 12, 1 talks about the renewing of our mind, transforming our mind. It's so important that we continue to grow. And you you have infant Christians, people just came to the Lord, and of course we need to really protect them 
because they're vulnerable, just like a, a normal infant uh, would be. And then the desire is that they would go through their spiritual teens and move into adulthood. Now, what I found with a lot of Christians is they never move out of their spiritual teens. Uh, how, how many are bowlers out there? Got any bowlers here? People like to bowl. All right, Bob Belkey, very good. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you about my bowling skills. I mean, sometimes I am in the groove. I mean, it's like spare, strike, strike, spare. Yeah, it's great. But that's a very small majority of my time bowling. Usually I'm trying to get, trying to get back into the groove. You know, I'm shaking hands with a head pin and watching the directional arrows. And, and sometimes I slip into the groove, but then I get back out of it. You know it's bad. You know, you're sitting there. And you know that everybody's looking at you when you're not having a good game. You know, who's that klutz over there? You know, everybody's looking at you. And they're looking at the best side of you, right? Yeah, that's wonderful. <laughs> and then it really gets embarrassing when you uh, come back from you know, bowling a ball. <laughs> you come back and they, they start to give you advice. Like that. Well, Dan, you should probably do it this way. Don't you love advice? If I, they say, just, he needs the bumpers. Bumpers. <laughs> Bring them out. You see, I'm satisfied with my skill of bowling. I'm satisfied with it. Again, it's not the greatest, but at the same time, I, I've never read a book on bowling or Search the internet for tips on bowling. I'm never part of a bowling team. I just never have taken the time to learn. But I'm satisfied because it's good enough. It's good enough. Oh, I want to share one more thing with you here. Uh, someone had this telephoto lens, and when I was bowling, they got this shot. Yeah. You get. It happens, really. You have to get down there. So, so my bowling is just good enough. And again, the challenge, friends, is we just can't live good enough Christian lives. Because God bought us with a price, the death of His Son. And we are to be committed to Him. We are to move out of spiritual teen years. They move to be adults. And the one thing that probably is a challenge for most people, to get out of the spiritual teens, you have to declare Jesus Christ as Lord of your life. You have to submit to Him. And say, Jesus, I'm living for You. My life is all about You. I'm going to study Your Word, be engaged in church. I'm going to do whatever You ask me to do. Maybe you're not there yet. Maybe that's what you need. So, oh, I'm really bored of my spiritual life. Well, that's because you haven't submitted to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. And of course, you want to read His Word. Hebrews 4.12, For the Word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Wow. The Word of God is powerful. 
was powerful because it's packed with the Holy Spirit, right? And the Holy Spirit within you, and it's really a living book that the Spirit speaks to you from. And that's why it's so important that we give ourselves over to Bible study, teaching about the Bible, memorization, meditation. Because the more we're engaged with the Word of God, the more we're going to grow spiritually. 2 Timothy 2.2 says, And what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, in trust of faithful men, will be able to teach others also. So, when you become a Christ follower, hopefully you went through a discipleship process. How many went through a discipleship process after you became a Christ follower? Raise your hand. Okay. Maybe ten or so. Right. Well, that's not good, right? Because an infant in Christ needs to be encouraged, needs to be shown the way. They need somebody to encourage them. And, and so what Timothy is, or so Paul is saying here is what you have heard from me, Timothy, in the presence of many witnesses, a group of people, part of this process, entrust the faithful men who will be able to teach others also. So, many times people say, well, I'm a Christ follower and I enjoy my relationship with God, but they're not doing what God asked them to do. What was that? Well, go. Go and make disciples. Make disciples. That's the whole goal of our church. God told us to go and make disciples. So, we had the disciple-driven initiative three years ago when... uh, that, that particular initiative, God used to change the heart of Springbrook. And it went from a general heart to a very specific, driven heart in discipleship. And we have to say the only way we can truly help people is we have to disciple them. We have to create a pathway for them so they know what to do. Ever been to a church and, I mean, you're there for a while, it's a great church, but... Nobody tells you what to do, per se, in terms of encouraging you. Well, that's what a church should do. They should encourage you along a discipleship path. Well, that's what we were looking for. So we called the navigators, who are experts in discipleship on college campuses all across the U.S. and the world. And they have a church division. And so we called and said, hey, listen, can you help us with discipleship? And he said, yeah, we can give you a coach who specializes in creating a discipleship ministry. And Bill Mowry was that guy. Some of you remember him. Uh, he visited here a couple times at Springbrook. And he's just been a great guy. Richard and I have known him for three years. And uh, what we did is we put a leadership learning team together. That was elders and some other leaders. And we went through the process of letting God guide us in establishing this discipleship pathway. I think we've met uh, every month for the last two years. In fact, our last official meeting uh, was this past Tuesday, so I'm so thankful for everyone who was a part of that. And so we thought to ourselves, okay, the first thing that we need is a picture of a disciple. A picture of a disciple. And so we studied God's Word. We talked uh, it was a great process. And this is what we came up with. 
a picture of a disciple, what do they do? I mean, if we're looking for the end game here in terms of, okay, people become Christ followers here at church. Uh, well, how do we want to lead them forward? What do we want to see in them that shows spiritual growth? Well, sharing Jesus, sharing the gospel with others, that's certainly important, right? The next thing is loves others by spiritually investing in them. That word investing is very critical. That's something I've learned as a pastor over the last uh, three years. That really takes time and energy to disciple guys. And, And I've just got to give that time and energy. And I have. And it's really been satisfying. Worships God daily through spirit-powered obedience. Yeah. I want to worship God all day long by honoring Him in the way we live. Studies and lives out God's Word. Serves others through their spiritual gifts. We talked about a lot of that uh, last Sunday. Cultivates a relationship with God through prayer. So again... We have these six things. We want people to share the gospel. We want them to love others, uh, worship God daily. Then we want them to study and live out God's Word, uh, serve others through their spiritual gifts, and cultivate a relationship with God through prayer. So that was what we wanted to see in the lives of people that were part of our church. Now, I've shared about the discipleship pathway before. But it's never been all quite together. So uh, part of our Vision Sunday here, talking about the new season, uh, we want to just review it uh, so we know what it is and how we should interact with it. Now, this is the hand motion. So if everybody could stand up. What did you say? (laughs) All right. So these are some hand motions to help you remember. So, share Jesus with others. Share Jesus with others. Loves others. Worships God with others. Studies God's Word with others. Serves at the church. Serves with others and prays with others. Let's go through it again. We now want to share Christ with others. Uh, love others, worship God with others, study God's Word with others, serve with others, and praise with others. Okay. Let's again a little faster, right? I want to share Jesus with others. I want to love others. We want to worship God with others. I want to study God's Word with others. We want to serve with others, serve with others, and pray with others. One more time. We want to share Jesus with others. We want to love others. We want to worship God with others. We want to study God's Word with others. And we want to serve with others and praise with others. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Now, again, that's the picture of a disciple in a more memorable form. Uh, So uh, we'll keep practicing that. Uh, But the whole idea is that's what our church is about. It just sums up, you know, everything we do. You know, we're... Reaching and building passionate followers of Jesus Christ. Now, to illustrate this pathway, I've asked Adam Baker to help me out this morning. Adam Baker got his first real full-time job, right? I did, yeah. Hey, let's, let's celebrate, huh? 
I'm adulting. <laughs> <laughs> that was, it starts tomorrow. You remember your first full-time job? Rejoice with you. Tell us a little bit about <laughs> your sure. spiritual journey. So, um, thank you, Dan. Um, yeah, so kind of the truth is I grew up in the church. My family almost never missed a Sunday. Uh, but we just went we just went through the motions. I, I never really read the Bible. You know, sermons went in one year, out the other. Uh, it wasn't until late high school, early college, where I began thinking things through on my own. Uh, I started reading the Bible, and as I read, uh, I would write questions down, and uh, I would write questions down that I had about the text. A few months went by, and and I went from you know a page a page of questions to a packet, and I was getting frustrated because. These questions about God's word, they weren't getting answered. And I kept telling myself, Lord, if I don't get answers, I don't think I can make this work. Not long after, a childhood friend reached out to me regarding Springbrook's Young Adults Group and, I, and stated that I can bring my packet along to see if I can get some help on it. Uh, I thought, why not? You know, I got nothing to lose, and I started attending small group here at Springbrook. Uh, long story short, after hearing the testimony of others, just listening to, God, to Dan's teachings and staying in the word, I found out that I didn't need to be equipped with vast knowledge to approach the Lord, and instead he met me where I was. That was only a few years ago, and even today I'm still answering my packet of questions. Only now I cling to God as he continues to lead me every step of the way. Amen. Let's praise the Lord. Well, Adam was kind enough to help me out this morning. So, he's been just, when did you become a Christ follower? 2014. 2014. It's only three years ago. He's already been involved in some of the discipleship pathway. In fact, let's look at the discipleship pathway. Uh, the first step is to connect. For people to connect with Christ and connect in relationships. The second thing is to grow spiritually. The next thing is equip for ministry. And then finally multiply. Reach other people for God. So that's what we cooked up over, over a year as we continued to talk about this as a leadership learning team. Now, what we're going to do and what we have done to whatever degree is we're going to kind of focus our ministry around this pathway. And we would like all of you to go through it. Now, he's already started on the pathway. And so uh, we'll hear about that. But let's first of all look at the idea of connecting. Connecting. We want... People to connect with Jesus Christ, and then we want people to connect in relationships. The most important thing in any organization are relationships. Relationships run your life, basically. They're very important to us. It's the same thing with the church. If you're going to be engaged here at Springbrook, you're going to form friends. I thought like Carolyn Woolard. Pastor Rich's wife, uh, to share us a little about how she started some relationships uh, with others. I serve in children's ministry, and I didn't start serving in children's ministry to make friends. I, I wanted to serve there because I love children, and, and I know that it's important to serve when you um, have a church home. But one of the wonderful things that happens is that you do make friends. And um, I have made many friends, but one in particular is my friend Dorothy Dietschy. And we actually get together and we walk. Um, we pray with each other. We know that we can always go to each other if we have an issue. 
And um, I just have so many friends like that in children's ministry. And um, I've just been so grateful for that um, opportunity, you know, just to do that thing that I love and then also just get all these wonderful benefits from it. And it's just, um, it helps me on my walk. I, I don't know about any of you, but, um, you know, if you work in a job where you don't even know any believers, you know, to have that Christ-like friend is just so important. And so I've just been so grateful for that. Oh, thank you, Carolyn. Appreciate that. Now, whatever church you attend, the most important thing is to create relationships. I mean, you can be at the greatest church in the world. And if you've not established some relationships there, you'll go looking for relationships at another church. So it's all about us connecting with another. We connect with guests as they come in. Our first impressions team and let them know that they're welcome and that we follow up with them and continue to encourage them if they find uh, Springbrook as their church home. And so we're connecting with them. That's so important. We look in, uh, oh, here's uh, 1 Corinthians, um, I'm sorry. Uh, I must have accidentally hit it or something. Uh, They were continually devoting themselves. This is talking about the early church in Acts. And it was talk about, talking about how they did church. Now, they would go to the worship, uh, or the temple, the worship area, and listen to the apostles teaching and you know, praise God together. And then they would go to individual homes, like small groups. Uh, they were continually devoting themselves. Notice that word, continually devoting. If you're going to be part of a church and you want to feel uh, supported and encouraged, you need to commit yourself to that church, whatever it might be. Because that's what God wants us to do. He wants us to be continually growing. What do they do? Devote themselves to the apostles' teaching. So they slipped in their DVD when they're at the small group. <laughs> yeah, what they did is they listened to the apostles' teaching. And then they broke up and they talked about that teaching. And to fellowship. What is Fellowship. Fellowship is Christ-centered relationships. Uh, Now, you can be a friend with a Christian and not have fellowship because all you talk about is the Cubs and the Bears and the weather and whatever. That doesn't make fellowship. It's fellowship when I find another Christ follower. We can talk about all those things, but we also talk about our spiritual lives and we talk about the Bible and we encourage one another. So that's what happens in small groups to the breaking of bread, I talk about communion there, that was done, and to prayer. So this is really the key verse when it comes down to the, the DNA of the early church, which we, of course, have tried uh, to replicate. We want people to grow. We want them to move ahead in their Christian life. Now, in order to connect people, what we've done here is we've started a workshop called Starting Point. Starting Point. Now, when anybody asks you, what's Springbrook all about, or they have questions, what do you want to say? Go to... Starting Point. Okay. One more. Is that my cue? <laughs> hey, hey, listen. 
What's Springbrook all about? Go to starting point. Uh, I don't know what to do here. What ministry can I get involved in? Go to starting point. I think your pastor's kind of weird. Go to <laughs> starting point. No matter what, the first step is to go to starting point. And we have uh, one of the co-creators of uh, starting point, Laura, uh, is our uh, uh, connection director. And she does a great job, and she works with Rich on the starting point class. So let's talk about it. Um, well, one thing, yes, tell new people to go to starting point, but if you've been here for a while, that doesn't mean you should stop listening because maybe you still need to go to starting point. So it is a two-week class. Um, it happens during service, the 11 o'clock service. And the first week um, you will get to know about Springbrook, but there will be things, even if you've been around a while, that you probably don't know. We'll get to know you um, through some discussion, but also a questionnaire we'll use to collect information um, about you. It's real simple questions, really. Um, And so the first week we will, we'll talk about connecting. And a lot of times we think about connecting to each other or to the ministries here, but we will be talking about connecting to Christ and what does that mean to really have a relationship with Christ. Um, The second week we will take the information that we learned about you and help give you um, some new goals, some um, concrete way to move forward on your spiritual journey. Um, It might be baptism. It may be taking the spiritual gift class. It may be um, daily alone time with God. So there's many different things. Join a small group. We're going to talk about all of those things. And so while you're talking about connecting with Christ the first time, the second week is is a little bit more on the personal level about how do you connect to others here through growing and moving forward on your spiritual journey. Our next class is um, October 8th and 15th. Um, Again, it's an 11 o'clock service, and you can use your welcome card if you want to sign up for that. Uh, Thanks, Laura. Let's thank her for our ministry. So, Matt, if somebody comes up to you and says, I want to grow more spiritually, what do you say? Very good. Very good. Thank you. Say it a little louder. Starting point. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay, very good. Uh, Cheryl, let's say a person, want, I, I want some relationships around here. I want to get to know people. What do you say? Go to starting point. Oh, you guys are good. Let's say it all together. Go to starting point. And if you haven't been to starting point, even if you've been here a while, please go and see it and so you can become accustomed to it and share it with other people. So we're really excited about that. Well, we're back here, and now we're talking about the grow aspect. God wants us to grow spiritually. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 11, 1, Be imitators of me, just as also am of Christ. I am of Christ. So he's saying, look at my life. Study me. Observe me. Because I am seeking depth in my relationship with God. I've made Christ Lord of my life. That's pretty interesting you say that, right? Can you say that? Be imitators of me. It doesn't mean you have to be perfect, but that you're on the growing track. Of course, the most important way 
that we grow is by studying God's Word. All Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. That's a powerful verse about Scripture, isn't it? You know, it helps us in every way. It's profitable for teaching. It's happening right now. For reproof, by going up to a friend uh, who you know well and say, you know, something's not going right in your life. Can you talk to me about that? And then also for correction in terms of correcting that person and putting them back on the path and for training in righteousness. Isn't that great? How many people work out here? Huh? Okay. What are you training? <laughs> You're training yourself in physical health. But we want to be training in righteousness. That is our responsibility. Why? That the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Now, there's a lot of different ways to grow. Here at Springbrook, uh, we, of course, have our Sunday service. And the thing that saddens me most about Christianity uh, today is that people are thinking that they, they really don't need the church to grow, that they can go solo. But you can't go solo on a journey. You take somebody with you, right? You're in relationship with them. So I think the average person attends twice a month at whatever church. Twice a month. That's good, but it needs to be better if you're really committed to it. I mean, Jesus Christ, how often did He go to the synagogue? Every Saturday, right? And, and the reason for that is because as we went through, of course, uh, the different purposes of our church, you know, sharing Christ with others, love others, worship God with others. And you see, I keep saying others there because it's a team sport. We've got to spend time with other people if we truly want to grow. Now, what we've done for each of these areas is that we have started a class. And Eric Rung is going to tell us about the class that we have under GROW. Of course, the starting point is our first class and talk about how to study the Bible. Thank you. We're going to start the workshop on October 22nd. It will be a, a pilot class to begin with. And I think that one of the important things... Um, is relationships like Pastor Dan said. So just a short exercise. Look at the person in front of you or behind you or next to you on either side and ask yourself, do you trust them? You might know them, but do you really trust them? Uh, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, trust in the Lord and lean not on your own understandings, but in all that you do, acknowledge him, and he will guide your paths. And sitting in, in the same seats that you are, uh, week after week and year after year, we have some awesome pastors, and they always encourage us to go deeper in the Word. The main purpose of that is so that we really get to know, number one, who God is, and what paths he has to direct us. And the only way to do that is through a relationship. That relationship is developed through the Bible. 
Um, when I first started attending and I was an uh, immature Christian, I would just come to the service and I would sit and get and I'd walk out. And that was pretty much it. Then I started, then I started attending a Bible study and it still wasn't enough. And I know that uh, the pastors have encouraged us multiple times that we need to go deeper in our personal relationship with Christ and getting to know him. So I started off with the daily devotional. I then got a commentary because I really wanted to understand more in depth. But the main thing that I did was to make a commitment to study his word daily. And what has happened over that time, it has changed my life. Because I would go through dark times and I would say that I trusted God and that I had a strong faith and I didn't. And there are times I still question my trust and I still question my faith. Um, Don't get me wrong. Uh, it's It's a growing process. But those times are minimal now because I am learning about who God is and how much he loves us. And so I do put my trust and faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. Studying the Bible will help you do that. Tell us about the class. Workshop. The class is October 22nd. It's going to be uh, two class periods. We'll probably meet one week on the 22nd and then two weeks after that. Uh, Again, it's a pilot class. This will be the first time. And then uh, we'll see if there's a third class that's needed or not. All right. Very good. Now, Adam, uh, what have you done also along the spiritual pathway here? Have you been a, been a starting point? I have. Yeah. Yep. Wow. I've uh, I've been. Were you taken, in the first group? I, if, if not the first group, I was one of the first ones. Uh-huh. So, yeah. Way to go. Go to starting point, right? <laughs> go you, to starting have point. Have you told anybody that? I've uh, all the new believers that I've met. I've told them to to go there go first. Go to starting so. point. Exactly. Yep. When strangers come up to you in the store and. Aren't talking about the church. You should check out, check out Starting Point. Ever done that? I don't know if I've had built oh, that okay. the All right. for that. But, uh. yeah. Now, have you, attended, have you attended the How to Study the Bible class? I have not. Oh, man. Come on. What's the deal? Oh, it's starting October 22nd? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, buddy. <laughs> no, no, yeah. It's, it sounds like a great opportunity. I'll definitely... Uh, Definitely get on that. So. Yeah. Very good. Well, let's talk about another place where we grow. We grow here, attending church and listening uh, to the Spirit. And then we also grow. Uh, we grow through small groups. So, tell us about small groups, David. Good morning, Springbrook. My name is David Green, and I'm a small group leader. Small groups, small groups are a great way to get connected here at Springbrook. Um, they range in size between 6 and 12 people, and there is a small group out there for everyone. Uh, there are small groups for men, small groups for women, and there are a couple small groups. And they're just a great way uh, to get together, to build relationships, as Pastor Dan said, with our brothers and sisters, uh, to extend your worship beyond Sunday to during the week so that you continue to stay connected with our Heavenly Father and to uh, thank Him for the mighty blessings that He's bestowed upon us as well as to lift each other up during tough times. Recently, I had an opportunity to see firsthand how the small group community can kind of rally behind uh, different people in small groups uh, when they're going through crisis. Um, Earlier this week, 
um, I received a text from Joni Runk. My wife Lori and I were previously in a small group with Eric and Joni. And Eric's father, Robert, has uh, struggled with chronically high blood pressure. He's been in and out of the hospital many times. And the doctors are just having a difficult time trying to figure out what's wrong with him. But Joni sent out a request for prayer. And uh, it was just so powerful. Within 10 minutes of that text going out, there were just rapid-fire responses, people just coming out of the woodwork, interceding for Robert, just praying for him, praying for healing, praying for discernment and for wisdom for the doctors to try to figure out what was going on with Robert. Uh, Praise God, Robert's back home again. The doctors are continuing to work with him to manage his blood pressure. But it was just a testimony to how the small group community can really rally behind someone during a time of crisis. And so uh, small groups, if you're interested in joining one, I encourage you to do it. There really is one out there for everyone. Uh, Open enrollment's going on right now. And if you have any questions, please see Pastor Rich. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it so much. Now, Dave's an elder here at Springbrook as well as uh, Ed. (laughs) Oh, yeah, right. Eric, thank you. Uh, So we appreciate their leadership uh, so much. And so we want to grow. We want to grow deep by getting them. Involved in things like start, excuse me, the small groups. Uh, we want to find a small group, and again, it's open enrollment. We're going to be going through our God Quest series, so we want to be sure to be part of a small group. But what we've done with our disciple-driven pathway is that we've added another type of group here at Springbrook, and that's the triad. The triad. That's three people. One person is trained as a facilitator. And they disciple the other two people. Well, it's really mutual discipleship. But you have one person who knows how the system uh, works. And I have uh, been in three triads uh, since this all began. And I tell you, it's the best night of the week getting together (laughs) with a couple guys and talking about life and how to grow. In fact, I'm having, let's see, one man is teaching me how to drink coffee. Uh, (laughs) It's a rough journey. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> More cream, please. So, uh, I'm being discipled in all types of ways. Uh, but I'm going to have uh, Wesley Sedlasek talk about triads. Hi. Thank you, Dan. My name is Wesley Sedlasek. I just want to talk about triads. It might be a new term for some people, uh, but uh, it's a small, small group. You know, sometimes small groups can be 12, 15 people or around that size. And you have great discussions, you make connections, you go deeper, you worship the Lord. But there are some passages in the Bible that really require to grapple with, uh, to struggle with, to unpack. And a triad is when you can do that with just two other people. And the intimacy grows exponentially when you decrease the number of people. And you can really share and say, how does this scripture uh, intersect with my life? And how can I apply this? And there are certain things that you struggle with, you think about, that you maybe don't want to share with a bigger group. And triads are the place to do that. Now, if you're a shy person like me, you'd think, well, that's the last thing I ever want to do. That makes me nervous just (laughs) thinking about it. But I can tell you I've had the opportunity to participate in a triad and also lead one. And the Holy Spirit meets you. And it's not that he even gives you the courage to speak up. It's that the desire is there. There is no fear because you've created that small group of trust. 
and uh, people share things, and it's just this uh, really special time when you can take your faith and your reading of the Bible to the next and deepest level. I just want to say one thing that um, this is not to replace small groups or it's not an alternate for small groups, so please uh, go to your small groups first. And if you're already in one and you feel like you're being called to do a triad, please see Pastor Rich. We have so much material and so many different groups out there that there's a guaranteed that there'll be a home for everybody. Thank you so much, Wes. Yeah, so to be involved in a triad, first you have to be involved in a small group, all right? And uh, we've had 45 people trained to be facilitators, and right now I think we have 25 uh, triads that are going on. And again, this is the most fundamental change that we've made in disciple-making, that we say we've got to get together with just a couple people and really study the Word and, and talk about it and open up and... Uh, yeah, it's a great experience. Uh, so if you're interested in the triad and you're part of a small group, you can write triad down on your welcome slip, and we'll get back to you about that. The next area we want to talk about is equip. Equip. This is equipping people for ministry. Ephesians 4:12 to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ. The classic passage in Ephesians 4 where it talks that leaders are given, gifted people are given to equip the saints. And the word equip there means to fix a broken bone. Again, the idea of equipping is helping you to become a disciple maker in whatever particular ministry. And for building up the body of Christ. It's wonderful. Uh, When we get equipped and we find out what our spiritual gift is, uh, we talked about this last week, now, we have this particular class uh, that Rich teaches. It's three weeks. And uh, what's the next date, Rich? Oh, in October. Okay. Uh, but he's had quite a few people go through that. And it's just wonderful to find out what your spiritual gift is. So how are you doing in this area, Adam? Uh, very good. I have taken this class. I would recommend it. Um, you know, it's, it's just a great class to get to know more about, you know, how God has equipped you and how you could really, um, how you could fit yourself in a, a ministry here at Springbrook. So. You know, what, remember what your spiritual gifts are? Yes, mine are deliverance, discernment, and counseling. All right. Very good. Yeah. Let's watch a video now of uh, our parade float. I showed this once before, but not everybody was here. And this is people using their spiritual gifts. For example, you've got Phil Gannison. He's got the gifts of craftsmanship and creative artistry, creative arts. Uh, and we have Haley Gannison with the gift of administration or organization. Every ministry needs one of those people. Uh, and she's gifted in that particular area in organization and artistic creativity. And then we have uh, one other person who had the gift of artistic creativity, and that was Pastor uh, that was uh, Pastor Matt's, <laughs> Pastor Matt's wife, Jessica. So I appreciate. It. Let's watch the video now.
All right. My son Wesley, who is a gift of artistic uh, creativity, I put that together. And to be continued means we're going to do trunk or treat uh, in October, and we're inviting all the kids back. We also were in the Huntley Parade, the homecoming parade, and they just loved our flow. So thank you for everybody who was involved in that. So you see, that's how spiritual gifts work. You get involved in a particular ministry, and you use your gift to make an impact for God. Let's look at uh, the next and last, and that's multiply. God has called us to go to, to go to people who need Jesus. In fact, we have a class now. It's, it's about evangelism, but we call it the go-to class. The idea you've got to get in, out in your community, become a part of certain groups, and, and reach people for the Lord. And Rebecca Suarez has been through this particular seminar, and I'll let her speak about it. Good morning. I'm actually very pleased to be able to share my personal experience from the GoTo workshop, um, and that is because this class really clicked for me. Um, I have taken a spiritual gifts class as well, and not a surprise, evangelism was not there. It didn't even crack the top ten, I'm not going to lie. Um, so going to the, the GoTo workshop, um, I was a little hesitant because I thought, there's no way this is going to work for me because I am not, that is not my gift. Um, I left this class feeling um, equipped. I left this class feeling knowledgeable. I feel like I, um, I, it just, like I said, it clicked for me. You go through the class, you learn your conversational style, you learn what obstacles you have with that particular conversational style to get you past those obstacles. You learn how to develop your conversation. Um, You have a chance to learn how to share your own story. Um, and then that leads you to sharing his story um, and the, the gospel. And it's just, it's, I, I can't say enough about this class. Um, it, it was just very rewarding for me to attend. You know, it was one of the things that Dan was up there talking about was um, a good enough Christian. Like, am I good enough? And I felt like I was good enough to stay in my own little circle and evangelize to them because you guys are easy to talk to. You know my story. I know your story. We all feel the same. Um, And this class is is a great way to show you you can get out of your comfort zone and you can share your story in a a promising way and it will lead others to Christ. Um, And, you know, it's go and make disciples of all nations, not just the safe nation in your own little little world. So uh, the next workshop is October 8th during the 9 o'clock service. um, You kind of stole my joke there. Go to the Go To Workshop, please. Um, But first... Go to where? Uh, starting, starting point, point first, okay. because it's starting point, and then go to go to. Um, it's really worth it, and if you have any questions, um, talk with Pastor Rich. You ever get the teaching? Oh, you do. Good job. Let's thank her. Let's thank her. Well, next Sunday, we're beginning our series, God Quest, and we want to invite people who don't know the Lord out for the series, and really it's a series that applies to both Christians who need the answer to these questions if they don't have them, but also for people who don't know the Lord. What is truth? Is there a God? Is the Bible true? Why do people suffer? Who is Jesus Christ? As I mentioned last week, you can find a person maybe who's asked you one of these questions, and you say, hey, why don't you come out to Springbrook, and you'll get some more insights. So... We're not doing postcards. We're doing a lot more on social media. So I encourage you to like Springbrook's page and maybe 
you want to share Springbrook's post, okay? So what we want to do is have people who are willing just to let us post on their wall uh, each week something from Springbrook. So if you're willing to do that, uh, put down uh, post or put down uh, Facebook on your welcome slip. And uh, that we're, you're just giving us permission to post things on your wall, and that will help us in a great way. And you also want to identify your location. Anybody identify their location on Facebook this morning? Oh, Mark has. Way to go, bud. I saw it last week. <laughs> so do it. Say, hey, I'm enjoying whatever, and uh, let people know. Because that gets the good news of the gospel out to our community. Now we have our Springbrook prayer gathering this Saturday. Starts at 6 a.m. It's amazing how many people are willing to come at 6 a.m. <laughs> and there's one person at the 7 a.m. <laughs> and then 8 a.m. and 9 a.m. So if you would like to join us, and we would encourage you to do that. I think we have about uh, 30 coming so far, yeah, 30 to 40. So write that down. and Just come out. You don't have to pray out loud. don't have to do that. Uh, but just join us as we lift up our church. We need so much fuel from God. One of the big things that we're involved in here. So, Adam, did you go to the go-to class? I have not gone to that yet. I have a lot I have to uh, catch up on, it seems like. Well, <laughs> it hasn't even started. It's going to start, right? Oh, no, they went through a, yeah, we went through a uh, Yeah, but I'm excited. I'm excited to, uh, you know, learn more about God. And, um, you know, I, I'm really looking forward to it, so. Yeah. Adam's a great guy. Let's thank him. (laughs) So there is our discipleship pathway. And I hope this message has helped you understand better what we've been working on for so long and the things that we want to do. And please come up to me afterwards if there's any way I could clarify it because I want people to be able to understand and maybe I missed something. Well... We've got our ushers come forward. At this time, let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you for the local body. Lord, I've been involved in a lot of churches, and I've seen you work through each one of them in a unique way. And I've been discipled in each of those churches. I pray that we would become passionate about discipleship, passionate about reaching others for Christ and then training them up in righteousness. In Christ's name, amen.